Welcome to Always the Other, conversations about writing from the margins. I'm Leslie Farrell. And I'm Shamim Smiley. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, and thanks for checking out our new podcast, Always the Other, conversations about writing from the margins. In this podcast, we'll talk with authors, journalists, documentarians, publishers, bloggers, and others to discuss the challenges and triumphs of being a non-mainstream storyteller. In other words, writers just like us. Exactly. The publishing world is still pretty much vanilla, and so we face different challenges to get our stories out into the world. And we believe that talking about it, sharing our stories and experiences can only help all of us. It's really true, though, right? Because I think about when we first met and, you know, right, we, so we met on the workshop and we started and we decided to to meet offline and do our own little Zoom. And you started talking about you're from Wales and, you know, mixed race and and your dad. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is my story. How is my story your story? Right. You know, I know. what I mean? Yeah, I think. I honestly, I mean, I think about this a lot as as to because I am not sociable as in like meeting strangers sociable. Um, I'm definitely uh, an introverted extrovert, I would say, because I, I can turn it on for work. But yeah. outside of that, I, I am very much an introvert, I think. But you reached out to me, if you remember, yeah. and you asked me about. <laughs> well, you got Prince posters. <laughs> yeah. and honestly, that is a sign. I, I'm telling you, anyone that's proactively message me because they've seen the pictures I just know that it's going to be a good conversation and everything you said I just thought oh my god we're like sisters from another mother or something yeah totally I mean it's it's really amazing to me but you know it's also it just to me is sort of proof of but what we're talking about which is that even though you are from a you're from six thousand nine thousand whatever it is some enormous amount of oh, it's a long way away it's a long way away I've forgotten how far it is anyway but you're in Wales I'm on the west coast of the United States you know that we have so many things in common and not only in our families but then like out in society right because yeah. we are people of color and we're not quote unquote the mainstream. Um, that we've had a lot of similar experiences of being, you know, treated as a second-class citizen or, you know, our stories not having the same value. And um, I think that goes, that's true about writing, you know, as well. Um, so I just think that the sisterhood that we have developed because of where we came from, like you, yeah. and, and like even in your writing, you were, you, you're a tech person, which, you know, Believe me, you make fun of me, but that's okay. I do my best. But you know, it's it's like in your writing journey when you when you started writing, what were the kinds of first things you you were writing? Were you kind of aware of this this difference that we had? No, it, well, because we talked about this before. I I I started writing when I was really young, yeah. and it was always on topics that other people chose for me. I think um, I had a big, I don't know, not epiphany, but major major moment in lockdown where I was experiencing, I was, I don't know, it was like I was seeing and hearing and feeling everything from a, in, in a really magnified way. It just made me want to scream and it made me want to, it, it made me just want to say, you know, I need to embrace myself. I need to embrace you know, the fact that I'm different. I've always, throughout my life, even from being really young, my differences have been weaponized against me. 
So the fact that I'm so different um, has almost been used as a, well, always a negative, not always, but the people that love me, the people that really take the time to get to know me, you know, don't believe that, but others, I don't know. If I piss somebody off, the first thing I will come out when I was a kid is my color. First thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's used, it's used as a weapon. And, and why, why is, because it's somehow, you know, that became the divider, right? Cause yeah. it's easy. It's on the outside. You can't hide that. No, you know? it happened oh. like when I was growing up because, and I know this is where we've got some slight differences. I grew up in a very white environment, yeah. uh, very white, uh, you know, the only ones, no, it was me and me and a, me and a black kid, in the class, um, when I, I joined the army very young after leaving school and I was the only one there, you know, I then I, you know, I was always, uh, and then when in the army, there, was, there weren't many women. And then I, I joined like, you know, the workforce when I left and I, in tech, I was, I was, I was the only woman and I was the only woman of color, person of color, really. It was just majority white all the time. And I don't know, it just makes you feel more different it makes you feel more you know in the other space Call yeah it. no absolutely and it's you know it's, it's a couple of things and you're right we had very different upbringings that way because like my family was very um we had different ethnicities in my family my town I'm from Berkeley California so it's like you know if anybody knows that history and the hippies and the 60s and all that stuff it's like I lived in a diverse family. I lived in a diverse neighborhood. I went to a diverse schools. Um, but what that did for me is not prepare me for after, after high school, because yeah. that's just not like how the country is, right? So I grew up in this like really integrated environment. And that's not to say everything was like, you know, peachy keen and blah, 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 like as if we never experienced any racism. I don't mean that. But I mean that, you know, um, I was around a lot of different um, perspectives and things like that. So what I was used to in a family and in a town and all like that, when you're when you're growing up around a lot of different people is, and I'm not saying like again, I don't, I'm not saying there was never any racism things like that. That's not true. There were, but we were surrounded by enough people that kind of took me as a person. And I think one of the biggest problems or issues or you know obstacles to overcome. Uh, in our storytelling and publishing, you know, whatever, is that mainstream people tend to look at people who are non-mainstream, people on the margins, as like blocks. If you're Black, this is what you're like. If you're, you know, whatever. If you're Asian American, you're like this. And, blah, blah. and so they don't ever scratch the surface to find out that we are people and that yeah. we have all these different stories and different experiences and things. And so, like, I was a documentarian for, I mean, I still consider myself one, but anyway, for a good 30 years, I made all kinds of uh, American history documentary films. And then I tried to get some of my own off the ground. I tried to get Black West off the ground 20 plus years ago. And I couldn't get money for it. Only thing I could get money for was Black people being slaves or Black people during Jim Crow. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, like, that's the whole like story of Black people in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that. I'm sorry. No, similar, similar, but different. That I think that that's the the th the common thread. I think for me and you, I mean. But you know, but that's the deal. You know, it's like um, we're people, and we have stories, and we have backgrounds, and we have histories, and we have 
fantasies and we have imagination, you know, and it's like, if you don't fit the mold of what makes a, a certain group comfortable somehow, you know, that they discount it or don't want to hear it or whatever. Like, you know, for me, it's like black folks, there are, our story is more than it includes, yeah. but it is more than slavery and Jim Crow, you but know? Yeah. And it's more, and I mean, there's more to it than just the color of your skin, isn't it? Because, you know, you can have black assholes, brown assholes, um, you know, black, brilliant people. It's it's just the same in terms of good, bad and, and evil and all, all of those elements. But I, but I think sometimes um, people look at us, they make a judgment on, you know, how we are, who we are, how we think, yep. um, or are often surprised, you know, you have to justify where you're from. Because I think my family confuses people because my sister's black, my mother's like white, my brother's a bit darker than me. So we're a bit of a rainbow family. And I think it's confusing. And every you know, people just want to know. So that you know, I meet somebody and they'll say, where are you from? And I'll say, Wales. And then they'll say, where are you really from? And I'll say, I'm really from Wales. <laughs> and that. Or they'll say, oh, your name's a bit strange. Um, and I'm like, it's not strange to me kind of thing. And then they'll say, can I call you something for short? Because, you know, I can't say your name. And I'm like, no, no. I, if I started calling you Dick, then you'd have an issue. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, why is it okay? Because I have a non-typical name to call, to shorten it. So it's just weird stuff like that, I think. And that's from like being really young and having yeah. a non-standard name, not John or Mary or I don't know, things like that. But then it always makes you feel like the other, right? Yes. It's like you can't, why can't, you're from Wales. You're born and raised in Wales. You're Welsh. That's it. I mean, but people make you feel like, you know, you've got to be from someplace else because yeah. you, know, you don't look like the, the typical Welsh person or something. You yeah. Know? And I think that's why I, I was really excited. You, do you remember a couple of years ago when like DEI became cool? You know, mm -hmm. diversity, equity, inclusion. Everybody was talking about it. But I don't know, in my experience, it's it's the brown and black people that are trying to fix the problems, not yep. not the perpetrators. And I'm just like, you know, but it's 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 similar to why we're doing this, I think, is because you know, you've gotta you you know, the impetus is not on us to educate. And that's like that I think is a is is a message. If you wanna know something. Bloody Google it. Do you know? Go and do go and do a little teeny bit of reading or watch a TikTok video, but don't ask me to educate you. Do you know what I mean? Right, but also to just also to be open. Like I can only imagine this because I'm I'm not all white. But you know when they when you when a white person meets another white person, that you know it's like oh where are you from? But when so when you meet me, give me that same benefit yes. of the doubt. Oh, where are you from? What's you? What, what do you like? Whatever. Not just oh, you're you're black. You're my black friend. You're and as if that has some meaning, you know. <laughs> I mean, it does in a sense, right? Because we were both raised, even though you know, yeah. a thousand miles apart. To that, white was the standard. White was right. Right is like the goal. In yeah, way, it wasn't said that way, but you knew that like on television when we were kids, like, right, it was mostly, um, yeah. there were the few shows and things, but in general, it's yeah. only, what, the last maybe 15 years, probably, it seems like, where there's a lot more, at least here, I don't know about you, about in the no, UK. It's, it's probably the same, but I, 
I've spoken to other people and I think, you know, whether you're mixed race or, you know, 100% black or 100% brown, I think the the common thread is that most of us had a massive period of our growing up lives and even adult lives where we wished we were white. I know I did. Yeah. 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 Not in the sense that it's in, it's in a societal sense, wishing that you're white in the sense that I'm tired of people calling me their black friend or I'm tired of people wanting me to um or, or not expecting me to be able how many times has someone said to me oh you're so articulate I mean like I'm incapable of speaking the language because my skin is brown I mean see you know what I mean like so in that sense yeah you want to be like normal well that's, right? that's what I was gonna say I think wanting to be white in the sense of having the ability to blend in. I wanted to be the gray person. I wanted to be not noticed for, for, you know, just for my, my, for, just for the color of my skin, basically. But yeah. so I, I wanted to disappear and just be like everybody else and not be yeah. singled out for anything. Be able to walk into a room and not have people go like that, which has happened to me. Is it? Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, Oh, Not yeah. Me. I've had people like, you know, start like that, like, you know, um, and that's it in my, makes that's feel. In my job, but not, well, I, I, I feel sure not because of, not because of my color, but just because I'm a woman in a, in a man's world, yeah. I go into, I go into a meeting and there's blokes sitting there and yeah. I see them looking behind me and I'm looking behind me and I'm like, who are they looking for? And they're looking for the person that's going to run the meeting. Yep. And I'm like, oh, sweet kind of thing yeah. and I sit down I used to be offended but now I find it very very funny it hasn't happened for a couple of years but I yeah. towards the lap part I just thought it was hilarious I, I sat there and talked about handbags and hair <laughs> and hair and makeup while they're all like thinking you know looking at the door waiting for it to open for the big charge so yeah but yeah I think as my confidence grew I I changed my view on it and I stopped looking at it as a slur on me personally kind of thing. Well, it's, you know, it's how a lot of them raised. I went through it too in my business. When I started, well, really until sort of much later in my career, I'd be the only woman that I was working for. The executive producers would be guys. My crew, my camera person, my uh, sound production assistant, whatever. I was the only woman and I had to run that crew and it was guys. And these are like, you know, tech guys, right? I'm, and I'm short. So, you know, that was a double whammy, right? So short little woman coming in there. I was back then I was like really skinny and everything, you know, you're younger, you're skinny. I saw I was this little wisp and yeah. I had come in there and I had to run that crew if I was going to make a film. And yeah. um it, yeah, and you have to learn to um how how to how to wrangle that, how to how to work, how to act how to be in charge, but also, like you said, it's interesting. Um, once people got to work with me, I had a lot of people that, guys, uh, yeah. who wanted to work with me over and over again. Um, because what, some people, and this is what I hope, and this is partially what I hope that happens with us at, with the podcast, um, is that people will either, on one hand, people who are like us, who are um, non-mainstream, to get to tell their stories, get to talk about their stories, get to talk about their journeys. Um, and people who are of the mainstream get to hear this in yeah. a way that you, they can hear things. And so that 
when you sometimes when you meet someone and, and get to know them, you they become the exception for you. But what you know what I mean in the sense that oh you're you are a person. Oh, we have all these commonalities. Oh, which to me is silly, but but to a lot of people it's surprising because of the way society has raised all of us. Right, you know that you know white blonde or whatever is the is the goal, which can only be achieved through peroxide or birth. You know. Um, yeah. But I think that when you when you don't know someone and you don't know that there are other stories, you just rely on the stereotypes. And that's the mold we want to break. I mean, definitely. No, exactly. And I think I have been insanely curious from my earliest, earliest memory. I was never content with just accepting what was in front of me or who was in front of me. I, I was always interested in finding out more, you know, I was inquisitive, curious, all of those things, a lot of time to my detriment as well. But I think that is because, in part, because of our history, our backgrounds, you know, our environments uh, growing up and and working as well, to the point where I can be on a video call in a meeting and I can spot the person who is the other. I just know it. (laughs) I just know it. And I gravitate to them because I just think, yeah, especially if they're quiet or I think like, I don't know, I, I feel like they're not feeling like they're part of the group. I just think, right, then I need to I need to help you become part of the group because I just think I know what that feels like. And I I just don't want anyone ever to feel that if I if, you know, it can be prevented. I'm with you. And I mean, also for selfish reasons, for personal reasons, because I know what it's like, but for selfish reasons, like. There's so many stories. Why do we why do we want to limit stories? We need all stories to be told, right? Yeah. Right. But again, it's that assuming, you know, it's relying on stereotypes. And yeah. that's what we want to break by by opening up and allowing or becoming a platform for people um, that up that are outside of the mainstream to tell their stories whether it's a fictional story, a, a, a true story, or how they got to where they are, the kinds of stories, um, you know, they want to tell. I mean, I think that's that's really important. And it can be a place for everybody to come, to learn, to open up to different cultures, different lifestyles, yeah. you know, different ways of thinking. And you don't have to agree. No. Right? But it doesn't it's hurt. Healthy. It's aware. actually healthy to, it's healthy to have a debate and yeah. not agree on everything because oh my god how boring would that be oh and god. yeah and di- you know diverse thinking is 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 just the best right just realizing that our stories both feature mixed race protagonists it's they're very rich in culture i think mine coming from working class background in in you know in a working class town in wales yours in the 1930s in the u.s um, you know, we, you know, when segregation and all, all the bloody horrible things were rife. Yep. And uh, yeah, yet, yet the themes are the are same. Universal? Yeah. And a hundred years apart and, yeah. you know, thousands of miles apart as well as bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. It is bonkers. But I mean, I guess that just goes to show you that there, you know, there are these human stories, you know, and at the same time, there's a lot of good and fun and amazing stuff happening because our stories are finally starting to be told, right? Oh, I know. I can't tell you how happy. I just, I just 
smile when I, you know, when I see a new documentary or a new film and I see the cast, you yes. know, how Black Panther raked in the dollars. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. The Woman King. I said to my husband, we got to go to the cinema to watch The Woman King. And he said, why? Because, like, we could have watched it. And I was like, no, I have it's to give support. my money. Yeah. Because I, I want to be part of the statistics. Yes. That's, that shows, you know, I want to be like, I watched That's The Woman right. King. It was, and it was brilliant. And I, you know, I'm not just saying that because of my own biases, let's say, but it just was brilliant. There's loads of brilliant stories. There's room for everybody. There's room for every story. Exactly. There's room for everybody. There's room for every story. The more stories, the better. I mean, uh, honestly. And so, you know, I'm hoping we can do that. And um, and I'm also happy to say, because I've harped on the Black West thing, that's fine. Those stories are finally coming out. They have a whole new, uh, this is by the time people hear this, but um, Bass Reeves TV show, that's one of the guys, um, yeah. characters, historical characters that, I, of course, I was highlighting in the thing I was developing 20 years ago. Um, and I just thrilled it's not me who brought it to the screen but i am just thrilled that it's finally those stories are getting out there because you know what it makes everything far more interesting and you know not complex in a good way so i'm excited about that i'm really excited about being able to talk to writers and bloggers, you know, people from different things not just writers or authors but also journalists and bloggers and documentarians yeah. and stuff about stories you know, uh, about the stories they're creating or stories that they really just, you know, struck them. Um, so I'm super excited about our new podcast. Because we're going to have company along the way and it's going to be the conversations. I just want to, I just want to find out more about everybody else. Yeah. And we'll continue doing what we do by paying it forward. The more stories, the better. Everyone's welcome. You know, um, I, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Me neither. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into conversations with marginalized writers. We hope you'll join us as we embrace not fitting the mold. Instead, help us break it. Always the other conversations about writing from the margins will premiere spring 2024 wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us. Yes.